Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. Lighting is by far one of the most bang for the buck for your backyards, right? Low cost, the effect is crazy. If you, if it's done, it looks beautiful. And most of the time when you're entertaining during the summer, you're hanging out at night, having a barbecue, sitting around the fire pit. And the light, the lights in the winter, at least where I am, when it snows and it's oh, when the leaves fall off the trees, it almost looks like yeah. artwork. Yeah, that, are you talking like uplighting and stuff when you're trying to grab the tree branches and stuff and give it that depth? Yeah, there's things, there's backlighting, there's uplighting, there's downlighting. You don't want to like, you want to make it like along the house in the front, you shine the well lights up to access the soffits and all. You don't want to just go out there and stick lights everywhere. There is a little technique yeah. to it. Yeah, that's why there's great lighting design out there that makes it look spectacular. But man, if you get good quality lights and, and like- When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. We have got a special guest here in the studio that I've been looking forward to for a while, having him on. It's a legendary designer. This guy has been killing it. You've seen him on television shows out there. He is all over the internet with his wisdom. Steve Griggs, welcome to Around the House show, man. Glad to be here. Nice to have me. Thanks, brother. You have been, since the beginning of time, building in your entire life, building and designing beautiful places. I think you were born with a shovel in your hand. I love what you're doing out there, building great spaces, man. I've seen your videos. I've seen your stuff online, and it is absolutely stunning. And I wanted to talk about that today, and then maybe our listeners get some wisdom out of you when they're tackling their project this spring. Sounds good. Ready All right. Go. What got you started in, in landscape design? What got you going into this? Really weird. So basically, I like to see it as my art yeah. form, right? So some people paint, some people draw. I create backyards. I, I walk into the backyard and I see the vision, how I got started, whatever, like high school, took the aptitude test, checked all the boxes, couldn't sit in an office, went to landscaping school, studied all that, and then the rest is Worked for a guy for a year and decided... I'm not going to be somebody else's slave. So hence, 40 years later, I'm still here. That's the abridged version, Man, right? You didn't start out. I, I, at 13, I was pushing the lawnmower around the neighborhood, knocking on doors, trying to, yeah. trying to get stuff going. I can appreciate that. Cut the grass. In college, mowing grass for a landscape company. Oh, yeah. There was no free lunch in my house. No, my dad was a construction worker in New York City. So- there was no come sleeping on, in on a Saturday no, did not exist in your world. No, we had four brothers. Each one got to had to cut a quarter of the lawn. Nice. Right? We had four boys in my household too. I get this. I get this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't do his side. You didn't do your side. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I, my first gig, I was like 13. I had a job for, it got to be too much because all of a sudden I had this real estate agent that figured they could pay me cash to go around and, and mow all their abandoned houses that people had moved out of. And so 
I was walking that my, my dad's lawnmower for miles getting from house to house. And my dad's, you're wearing the wheels out of the thing, man. And I'm like, let's, I'm making money. <laughs> yeah. Back then you cut somebody's grass. That's it good was, money. It was good money. And then, then they'd have the, nobody would be watering or something. So they'd pay me to go over and water the lawn or get the sprinkler system going. And that's how I got going. But ah, so, so you were a hustler oh, at a young yeah. age. I like it. <laughs> Working full time in, in high school. So I get it. I was like, all right, if I'm going to do all it, right, I better so get, out, get know, after you, it. Oh, yeah. drill. Absolutely. You get, you really just got into this cool space of designing just beautiful spaces. And there's some designers that I look at coming from the world of interior design. I can see it. There's some people that quite frankly, over design it, but I've noticed with your projects that it looks natural and it's not over the top, overly done. It just looks like a natural space. It just, it's something you notice, but don't notice. Yeah. So that's one of the techniques we like to use is that I tried to explain to the client is that Pretend the house wasn't here, right? Pretend we built the house around the landscape. Instead of the landscape around the house, just flip yeah. it, right? Whether it's a rock outcrop or something, just flip it. You want it to make it look natural. And all my job really is, is to guide the client up the mountain to show them the best way to get what they really envision. I'm not there to build a monument like some famous architect wants to build a, a, a statue of himself in midtown Manhattan, right? It's <laughs> It's not what yep. it's about, right? So that's it was work for me for the last 40 years. So. Yeah, I get that. It's like the best design is the one that doesn't go noticed because you just walk out and go, it's stunning, but you don't go, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, you want to let it just naturally flow. Of course, you have some of those ostentatious ones that you see there, like in California and Vegas, but here in the Northeast, they like to keep it toned down a little bit and blend with the natural environment. Yeah, that's what we do here in the Pacific Northwest as well. You just It's just got to fit and look right. It's it's the ones where they start putting the palm trees here in Portland and Seattle that I'm like, all right, this isn't Hawaii, folks. Yeah, it has to all flow and you has to look in place and it looks like it's always been there. So that's to be a good tip. Design the project. The landscape was there first nice. kind of thing. That makes sense. One of the biggest things I think we're seeing now is with people staying home more often. I think the whole COVID thing got us going into outdoor living a lot more. What kind of recommendation do you have for privacy? Because all of a sudden, especially with some of these newer developments out there, there's six or eight feet between houses and people want to build this beautiful outdoor landscape, but they're looking in three of their neighbor's houses while they're sitting out at the barbecue. We come across that a lot. Like everybody loves their neighbors, but they don't want to see their neighbors. Oh, hi, Mrs. Jones. Next, but no, listen, I need to block them out. I can't. Yeah. That is definitely security is number one. Privacy is number two. Green Giants, right? Northwest tree, Green Giants. It's a cousin for the red cedar and they grow super tall, right? Those are very popular. It's a Green Giant Arborvitae. Put those between your properties and they'll grow three feet a year. That is your fastest way to get privacy between the neighbors. So you have your typical fences and all, but people like to have the greenery between, not just the wooden fence, nice. right? Yeah. And then that way it's not seasonal where you're like, oh, lost the leaves. Now I'm looking at my neighbors. I'm jumping in the hot tub. Correct. And don't buy them too big because they grow very fast. Everybody's, if you buy a seven to eight footer, it's 300 bucks. You buy a four footer, it's 80 bucks and they grow fast. Hey, I have a lot of clients that say, I don't want to see them starting today. <laughs> so you get a bigger plant. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you ever done this? And I've noticed speaking about bigger plants, I noticed in the Northeast, there's a lot more of it than here, but I noticed larger trees seem to get transplanted up there than here in the Pacific Northwest. Don't know why that is, but we can certainly transplant with 20 foot tree, eight inch caliper means around you. They have certain tree spades that are able to take them out and move them. Time of year sure. is important. You want to do it like in late fall or early spring. 
But yeah, it's, it's cheaper to transplant than to buy yeah. a new tree. Yeah, I think we just don't have enough businesses Especially around here doing that, side. which is probably something that we need to. Because I see on this old house, for instance, I'll see the, the semi truck back in with the spades on the back. And I'm like, wow, never seen one of those in my yeah. parts. I'm surprised out there you don't have that because stuff grows so fast. Maybe, I don't know. Or just something that we just haven't invested in out here. I think it's probably a good prime for somebody to come out and do for as far as a landscape company to invest in one of those. Huh. Just haven't seen them around for some reason. In my area, it's a little tougher in my local neighborhood because we got rocks the size of ew bugs so you're gonna have a hard time getting that in there but most other places you could get away with that huh interesting yeah anyway just one of those things you notice in the northeast that it's a little bit different than out here in the pacific northwest but pretty cool what's your best great thing if you've got a homeowner or a remodeler or builder and they're sitting here looking at it going i'm gonna start a project this spring you're almost late on the design side of it right now but how should somebody get started on that it's not too late, but it depends on permits. Yeah, good all. point. Like if you can get a design going, if it's a basic planting job or a patio, you can get that banged out. Once you start getting into like custom hot tubs and swimming pools and waterfalls, that takes a little more planning, sure. right? So you want to get a design. Like you would think about a. I find that most people understand the interior of the house better than the exterior. So when I explain to them, listen, they don't understand the outside uh, design. I said, think about it as a floor. Think about it as a wall. The floor is grass or patio. The floor in your house could be tile. The walls are walls, like in the house. The walls here can be arborvitae screening, and the ceiling could be like a pergola or or shade tree or something like that. And then lighting, same thing with lighting. So they can. It's easier for them to relate to the inside because they just have done it more than the outside. Product. Yeah, that makes sense. And we end up having a lot of the same schedules, things taken, and you got to get one in front of the other, right? You can't be doing things out of order. Cause I think that seems to be one of the things I've noticed on DIY projects outside is people get these things out of order where they put in the beautiful sod lawn and then have to take all the machinery across it to get to the other side when they're doing something else. It's also like when they go to the Home Depot and they buy a bunch of plants and they pick one of everything because they just like them when they plant it. They don't realize that white pine is going to get 80 feet tall next to your front door. So you have to end up ripping it out. You got you have to a little bit know a little bit about the plants and how they grow in order to do it yourself. Man, that is, that's a good call. I've got a guy around this corner. There's a little farm store in the corner for me here that's uh, that uh, has got a really great horticulturist in it. And I know my plants fairly well, but I just go in and lean on Craig in there because that guy knows more than than I've ever known. And it's awesome because I can just lean on somebody like that and he'll go, no, no, this is what you do. And then you've got the expert advice. He'll knows what they'll do. Yeah, he'll know, you know, if they're going to grow tall, the deer are going to eat. And we have a lot of deer around here and they eat all the plants. They have to be very careful on the selection of the plants. Yeah, great example. I was just down at my brother's beach house this weekend and he's doing a renovation there. We we're talking about the grass. And I'm like, man, this is going to be a rental. Do you want to take care of grass out front? He goes, you forget we have a herd of elk every other day in the front yard. You don't mow your lawn here. <laughs> oh, you started laughing. I'm like, excellent point. Forgot about that. Forgot about the you, natural you, beings. So you have elk. You, you have elk oh, out yeah, there. Really? Yeah. We have just a white-tailed deer. You have elk with oh, the horns. The they whole are business. massive <laughs> in uh, Cannon Beach, Oregon out here. Yeah. It's, the video cameras every day, his cameras go off like it's somebody's break into the front. No, it's six elk in the front yard eating grass. Is there different times when they're like, more popular yeah, I think in the wintertime, they come down a little bit more, but we'll see. We just picked that house up in the fall, so we'll have to see what the cameras do. But it seems like they're in town. It's almost like a resort town in a way that the elk just hang out there because they know there's food and there's green grass and it's easy for them. Yeah, no one's going to, no one's going to, they're just it's hanging safe. out. 
Yeah, say. That's one of the biggest challenges I had in the Pacific Northwest too, is I'd plant beautiful roses in the front yard. They'd be gorgeous. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait for these to bloom in the next couple of days to come out and they're all gone because a deer went after them. Yeah, so they'll eat the yep. roses too, sure. They'll eat the buds right off them. Yep. Are there plants and stuff that you design around that when you get into those kind of natural areas? Because I know in the Northeast, you've got that similar problem. Yeah, we have that. We have, we don't forget we're a coastal state. We have to design for the beach, salty yep. air in some areas. You have to design for the animals. You have to design for the rocky climates. Yeah, each little micro, micro environment has its own set of specific plants that do well. And people don't like low maintenance, high maintenance. It's just, it's just like designing yeah. the inside. Most people want a lot of color. They don't want bees. And they don't want a lot of maintenance. <laughs> it don't work. It yeah, doesn't work that yeah. way. So you have to, you have, you have to educate. Yeah, Mother Nature. Yeah, you can't put color in, a lot of color, and go, oh, where are the bees and the wasps and the hornets coming from? We just put a yeah, so, invite for a four-star party out there. What do you expect? Yeah, and the flowers don't last that long. So you, wanna, you, you can create color with different um, shades of green, different type of leaf structure. You can get that color by designing with the right plants. It doesn't have to all be flowers, right? You can mix it up with the different textures and, and colors of the leaves. Makes sense. Uh, do you do a lot of artificial turf up there? Is it still mostly good natural grass? No, natural grass, Kentucky blue sod, fescue sod. Yeah. That's awesome. I find that turf is, I'm surprised how hot it got. Super hot. Like my, you can't even walk on it. Yeah, my, one of my uh, best friends lives down the street here and he has, gosh, he's probably got 4,000 square feet of it in his backyard with no trees. And I, every time I'm out there standing, I'm like, man, it's like you pit. It was like asphalt out there. Very surprised how hot. I, I was a little taken back how hot it actually got. I noticed that the first time when we were playing soccer with the kids on the soccer field, and it was the artificial turf field. Real, I'm like, man, it's super hot down here. The heat just comes off that field. Yeah, I'm sure they'll get better um, with it. Good thing you don't have to water it. You don't have to cut it. It, does, it definitely has a lot of benefits. It does. Right? In my neck of the woods, I've got an area that I designed off the, the side of my house for my dogs with artificial turf. So if they want to go out and use the bathroom in this little area, they're not, I'm not having to chase them around the whole backyard and figure out where they went to the bathroom, but I've got this little area. Man, when you've got fir trees and stuff out there, that is a maintenance nightmare. When it's grass, it just breaks down in the grass. But every few days, I got to get out there and get that thing cleaned up from the needles and stuff that just fall out. So they don't break down. So it's just like having something land on your living room carpet. So what happens with that turf when the dog urinates on it? Like, where does that go? Into the gravel yeah, base? Yeah, I did a, like, a sand and gravel I, base below it. And then I go through and, and throw out some enzymes and stuff every week or two to help break it down. I've got just a hose in sprayer that's easy for me. I can just lean over the fence with and spray it down at the enzymes and it helps break it down. And, and, and that way it doesn't smell. But it's worked out really well in my area because if I put grass out there, one, it's not going to do well, but two, too shady. It's just, shady. It's, yeah, my yeah. whole property is full shade. So it's just, I can't, yeah, so it's, it's not, not going to live. For me, it works out really well that way. And it's a lot easier to clean stuff up. And worst case, you get the hose out and you can clean up a mess out there. But being plastic, it doesn't really pick up the, the dog smell that you would expect it to. So it does pretty well with that. You know, what I find interesting is that people are like, oh, save the environment. You don't want to water your grass and all that. But then I'm like, what do you do when that turf is expired? Like, where does that go? To the landfill? It's like the, I'm just yeah. saying, I'm just like, where does it go? You're saving water, I get it. But then you, after five, eight years, whatever life is, they roll it up and they throw it in the landfill. So yeah, especially you got know. big trees around it. Those roots are underneath that turf anyway, right? So it's, oh, they picks I mean, it up. You're, you're, when you're watering the grass, you're watering yeah. the trees. And so it all is all there. So I look at it and go, 
I don't know if you're saving much. I get it if you're in like Southern California or Arizona or someplace like that where it's a really big deal and you've got a natural landscape, but you want to have the green. I can understand it maybe there, but it's still going to be hot as blazes though. And it's still like the, the trees. You want to plant trees that are indigenous to the area that don't need a lot of water. There's certain desirescaping, certain plants that you can plant that don't need a lot yeah. of water. And the truth of it is, once those plants get established here, at least here in the Northeast, they'll, Mother Nature takes over. Like you don't need to overwater it. Overwatering is worse yeah. than underwatering it. It looks brown. I just threw more water and they ended up killing it because the soil is very clay and it just drowns. Yeah. I, what's funny with watering, I found some new technology this last year. I don't know if you found it yet, but I put it in my backyard when I did my yard and uh, it's called Iragreen and they're not paying, they're not a sponsor here, but it was an interesting one. They use inkjet printer technology to run the sprinklers. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. So I can design out like a 12 point star as my grass area and put bark or wood chips or stone around it. And I can program that sprinkler to hit the grass and not out, go outside the shape. Interesting. So it saves water without watering the yeah, mulch. So you okay. can water. And basically what you do is it's a full line pressure that goes out to the sprinkler head and you run a control line out there. So that's always on at the sprinkler head and the sprinkler head has a little computer in it and you set it up by using the app. So it's like playing a video game where you can arrow out, arrow back, and you can put points out there as it goes and you can control the stream of where it goes and, and, and where it goes. And so you just follow it around and a good sized lawn. You can put two or three sprinkler heads in it. And so you're only watering the stuff you want to water and then you can go out, adjust it as you need to, but it's a really cool adjustable. You put it in the middle, just basically in the middle of the space and you can, you can get down to eight feet or go out to 35 feet. Pretty cool. Uh, Irrigreen. So I'll send you some stuff on it, not to make this a commercial, but it's something new that I, I always like testing out new stuff at my house, especially home tech. And that's one of the ones that passed the test this year. I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's new stuff. And long as it's easy, long as it's easy to use and your typical homeowner can use it. Otherwise it's just going to be, but the irrigation contractor should be able to dial that. Oh yeah. Just put it on the phone and the the homeowner has just got little dots on the screen. So you can, when you pull it up on the app and it's watching the weather and it, if it's a hundred degrees outside, it goes, Hey, you need to increase your water. If it's 40 and rainy, it goes, Hey, we're going into rain skip mode today. So you don't need to water today. Cause you're going to get too much. So cool. Yeah. We use the hydro wise. Yeah. We use the same thing from Toro, the hydro wise, same thing reads the, uh, the weather report. That's all important yeah, stuff. So. That's good. And it's funny out here where we are, water's expensive in the yeah. Water in your grass, even when it's efficient, you can have a five or $600 water bill if you're not careful. So you got to be careful. Yeah. When you start getting bills like that, you'll learn how to use that. <laughs> no kidding. No <laughs> kidding. That gets expensive. So I wanted to talk about one, I think one of the most important things in design, at least inside, but lighting is one of those things that you can have a pretty nice designed backyard and all of a sudden you throw some lights at it and you've made it look like a million bucks, like it should be on a TV show. Lighting is by far one of the most bang for the buck for your backyards, right? Low cost. The effect is crazy. If you, if it's done, it looks beautiful. And most of the time you're, you're entertaining during the summer, you're hanging out at night, having a barbecue, sitting around the fire, but, and the light, the lights in the winter, at least where I am and it snows and it's oh. when the leaves fall off the trees, it almost looks like yeah. artwork. Yeah. That you're talking like uplighting and stuff when you're trying to grab the tree branches and stuff and give it that depth. 
you know, there's the, there's backlighting, there's uplighting, there's downlighting. You don't want to like, you want to make it like along the house in the front, you shine the well lights up to access the soffits and all. You don't want to just go out there and stick lights everywhere. There is a little technique yeah. to it. Now, that's why there's great lighting design out there that makes it look spectacular. But man, if you get good quality lights and, and like you and I were talking earlier, it, you don't go down to your home center and pick up the kit there. But if you go into your lighting store and get the good stuff, it'll last you decades if you're not careful. We like the solid brass. Get them online, LEDs, you know, you 10-2 wire, 12-2 wire. The lighting is, again, like I said, if you DIY, you want to do it yourself, you, that's something you can definitely do yourself. Like we said earlier, don't put a swimming pool in by yourself, but you can certainly tackle a night lighting project. Yeah, it's people don't, my bro, little brother did his house over in Eastern Washington, did his pool by himself and uh, at least dug the hole out himself. And uh, he had a bunch of high school kids came over that he paid with wheelbarrows because they couldn't get an excavator in the backyard because the way the houses were. So he basically went in there with the kids and they had a, a dump trailer out in the front and they were just digging and wheelbarrowing it out there. And I'm like, Got it done, right? You, you did. Got it done. You got it done. You it out. Done. But I'm like, you're insane. There's no way I'd have tackled that myself. That's just too big of a project. But you had a bunch of kids that wanted to work and paid them handsomely. And they just came over there and started knocking it out. About three weekends, you had it dug out. And I was like, all right, got it done. So you go over there and enjoy, enjoy the exactly. food. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> I was laughing about it going, dude, that's a lot of work. It's hard just even repairing <laughs> pools by yourself, let alone putting one in. What did he do? He got the guys to dig the hole and he put the vine, the liner. Well, he helped the frame and had a company come in and put the liner in and have him do it right. Yeah, yeah. So he's He's a a handy handy guy. guy, Yeah, He's like you. He's a handy guy. Yeah. And I'm not doing that. Let's forget it. And the bad part is everything else, when you're putting out everything else in, you got to have it done because by the time you put the aprons and the concrete and everything else in, there's no going back at that point. It's got to be right. You don't have another second shot at it. You got to be one of those guys that are like just a handy guy, right? I'm... I do what I do and I do it great. I'm on the outside, like working on the inside of the house. I get it done, but it's not like a craftsman. Like it, it, it looks like I did it. I'll fix the stove. I'll fix the washing machine. I'll Google it. I'll get it done, but it's yeah. not, I'm not allowed to paint anymore. <laughs> Wife, she squashed that. I'm hiring a general contractor to do my inside of the house. I could do it. It hurts me to pay. It, it hurts. Oh man. But if I take it over and it don't, it, and something goes wrong, she's going to, I don't want to hear I told you so from the wife, man. I've been married 27. I don't want to hear. I told you should I. It's coming, man. That's coming at you. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. I'm just going to leave it alone. When I got the guy. Just, but yeah, I'm just going to take it like a man and just pay him what he wants. That's wisdom is what that is. That's wisdom. That's it, man. <laughs> That's free marital advice, oh, my friend. Oh, it's good. Because I do TV. You know, you've done TV. I do TV. It's one of those things with TV show. My biggest battle in life is getting those projects that are TV ready to 100% done, right? Everything's done. It looks good for television, but there's all the little details that you wouldn't hand off. If it was a customer's project, it would look great for television, but it's not 100%. You got all those little things that aren't seen that you got to get buttoned up. And for me with my TV, they like it for the camera. They like it. As long as it looks good for the yep. shot, they say. Like it, it looks good for the shot. And when it's, it was a learning experience last couple of years ago. We did some of this stuff, but it was um, pretty amazing on how it looks on TV versus reality, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, and schedules are the thing, right? They're, they don't want to st- have the crew sit around for another six hours while you bang stuff out that doesn't look any different behind the camera, right? No, they would come out, shoot a little bit, and say, "Okay, we'll be back tomorrow morning, eight o'clock." And then the reveal is tomorrow afternoon or whatever that was. So you had to, and they would leave and come back and we'd be stuck. Yeah, it was a lot of work, a lot of work, 
not as much glory as you would think. <laughs> it's just a lot of pressure. Oh man, I know, do it every week. I, I do 52 shows a year. I, I get it. It's just, it's, uh, and there's no room for you error. do 50. You do one a week. You yep, do one, one a week. One hour show a week. Yep. Wow. That's a, yeah, that's a, a lot of retakes. So they, we shoot uh, three days a week basically. And so all my projects I have to have pretty much knocked out unless I've got a bigger project. Like I did a, an outdoor pizza oven, one of the, one of the ceramic ones with the wood fire and stuff that I built. And that yeah. was a, we had 20 hours of camera time on that thing of film, just of the steps of putting it together. Who's building yeah. it? Oh man. You are one of those <laughs> handy guys, man. Really? You put the, the whole thing oh, put yeah. together? I could cook and, yeah. the pizzas in it, get it up to about 900 degrees and get the, takes two yeah. hours to get it warmed up and man, you're cooking a pizza and 90 seconds. So, so speaking of pizza ovens, we get a lot of requests for that lately. And what, what we're finding is that the pizza oven, is, the wood tastes better. But I'm telling you, if you're not like chopping wood, it takes a few hours to heat up. Oh, I don't want yeah. that. So they like the, they like the. Yeah. If you don't want to. It's, it's like people out there cooking brisket, right? There's people that love to go out and cook brisket and make it a day of it. And that's one class of person. That's how they are. And then there's the other people that like the Weber or the cook turn on gas. And they like to throw a couple burgers and dogs on two different people. Most of the time, if you're the burger and dog person, don't do a wood fire pizza. Oven. No, because it takes, forget we got to chop wood. No, people just want to turn it off for the party, impress their friends. They got a pizza oven and be done with it. That's the first question yep. I ask. First question. Now, my secret for doing the wood to get it up to speed, what I do is I do this Jenga thing where I actually stack the wood up so I can actually get it heated and I put wood in the back of the thing and I stack it up and light the fire at the top, let it burn down, and then it heats the wood up in the back. I can leave that for two hours and walk away, go get my piece of dough going or whatever, and it's nice and hot, but it, you still got to plan it all out. It's a day deal. So at your own home, are you one of those guys that do everything themselves and run the house. So you too busy. Uh, I'm still doing it because I can do oh, it for TV. So I'm taking on those projects and making it into TV content. So you just, <laughs> just yeah. yeah. When, you, so you just one of those guys that just been born with, there's some guys that I know that just got yeah. it right. Like they just have it. Like my expertise, I mean, I planted trees. I've done all that, but there's just some guys with the handiwork could just do, they'll build a deck yeah. on a weekend. I don't know one of the I built a deck. Something oh like yeah, that. no, but, I'm, I'm that uh, guy. Yeah, I built uh, last spring. I knew I had I needed some more covered space out back because I had a little cover over the or my outdoor kitchen is. So I've got an eight by eight bar out there, but I'm like I need some more covered space here because it wasn't that it's the rain, it's the the junk that falls out of the trees that gets on the lawn furniture and stuff. So I wanted to have so I built a kind of a cool mid century looking patio cover and did that for TV. And then I'll come in and do some woodworking stuff like that. So I just my dad was a super active handy guy. So I was using a hammer at age eight, that kind of stuff. So you just kind of learn. And when okay, I didn't know, so I went, so oh, let me go figure it out. Yeah, you'll figure it out. You can just basically Google it or just watch one of your episodes. Basically, you show them how to do it. Yeah, that's the plan. And sometimes things go, sometimes things don't go perfectly. That's the TV show. I thought, hey, I'm going to take this interior door, see if I could save it and refinish it. I got halfway, got it stripped down. I went, there's no saving this. So I ended up going out and buying a new door and just use that as part of the show. And I went, yeah, this isn't worth saving. Let's go get it. It's cheaper right now to go get another door. We went and got another door and put it in. And that was just part of the segment because that's honestly what happens. That's the truth of it. You could have probably finished it. It would have taken you a hundred hours as opposed to buying, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You have to, and I say, I think what, what happens is like on the bigger projects, anybody can really, a lot of people can just design the job. It's like, how do you, like you spoke earlier, how do you sequence the project? How do you get it efficiently? That is executing of the project is the most, also the second most yeah. important. How does it all pieces fit together? 
especially when you're spending a lot of money on a backyard. So true. Some people go in, they'll get the lawn done and they're like, hey, I want to do a paver patio over here. And I'm like, dude, you're going to destroy that whole yard just trying to get the pavers over there, let alone the equipment and everything else and all the materials you need to bring in to do it right. And nobody wants you in their backyard all summer long. You got to get in and get out. No, I'm sorry, but especially here in the Northeast, that's why you want to do it off season, right? Because you want to enjoy it in the summer. Yeah. So what's interesting to me too, is you're a lot like we are in the Pacific Northwest here is that you have so many climates you could be out at the end of Long Island out there doing something. And all of a sudden you're over here in the mountains doing something else. And you've got a whole different climate zone and everything else you're working with. I I was out there last week in in Montauk out in the tip of Long Island. I said, let me go out there. Let me measure something. It was I've never seen it so cold. The wind off the ocean was just, it was just like, whoa. And then you go out there in the summer and it's beautiful. It's amazing how it can go from that to the beautiful summer in six months. It's crazy out there. I got a buddy that lives in Middle Island. So yeah, I I get it. And he's out there and he's an hour from out there, from the tip out there. And man, it gets beautiful and brutal all in the same six months. All in the same time. But it is sure as it's beautiful. It's summer paradise, right? But the Northeast is like the, the Northwest, I guess. You have different climates. You get a, you don't get a lot of snow out there. We do don't. You? It'll come in, in waves where we don't get it for four or five years, and all of a sudden we got two feet in the ground and nobody knows what to do with it. But uh, oh, so it's just the Northwest, you get a lot of snow. Yeah, you would think a lot. But no, we haven't got we got a little bit this year, but not like it used to be when I was yeah. going on. Yeah, it's interesting. I've, I think we have that Pacific Ocean that kind of brings it, it cuts the snow down a little bit just because it warms the water up a little bit, warms up the storms coming in off the Pacific. So they're not as cold where you guys get all that, those beautiful gifts out of Canada dropping down. And then all of a sudden you get all that cold air. Snow, ice, rain, whatever. I'm ready. Yeah, for exactly. Spring. And then by the end of the summer, you're going, I'm ready for fall. That's how we do it here too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I need a break. I can't wait for Christmas. That was like, a wife is, you got to go. Like it's time to exactly. go. Exactly. But now you, what, what we're planning, we, we use the winter time to gear up yeah. for the spring, line everything up. So when the weather breaks, you're ready to go. Got a question for you. It's curb appeal. That's such a huge deal for the value of homes and things like that. Are there a lot of things that you see people are doing? Or do you have any tips and tricks for people that are really trying to make that front yard look a little bit better? Because somebody will go in and move into some housing development that's a few years old and and there's probably a little 18 inch row of flower beds along the front of the house and everything else is just grass to the curbs and the sidewalk. And it looks a little yawner. What would you do with that? A lot of times we'll get calls from realtors and stuff like that. And I find like, you're going to, if you're shopping on Amazon for a book or something like that, what's the first thing you look at? You look at the cover, right? Everybody looks at the cover. If you're selling your house, people don't even, they're not going inside. They do a drive by. They'll come and look at the house. By far curb appeal is you can, for minimal dollars, you can knock it out yeah. of the park, right? For instance, make sure everything's trimmed properly. Don't have trees, like we spoke about earlier, like you're planting the wrong trees that grow 20 feet in front of the front door, blocks the yep. light, right? Make sure, you, and then you want to draw your eye towards the front door. Maybe you paint the door a different yep. color, right? Maybe put some lighting in there, some, some lighting, because people drive around at night, whenever, late evening to check out the landscapes and just look at potential homes, but mulch is easy. You can get mulch at Home Depot, flowers, keep the bushes trimmed. Just make it look neat and clean, neat and clean. Yeah. And if you have natural grass, throw a bag of fertilizer on that, green that up. People love green grass. Amen. Amen. And it's really not that hard to do. You can really get that thing looking good pretty quickly. That's a good weekend project for most people. And you just transform the whole front of the house. And that's great. 
So are you seeing any trends out there when it comes to backyards or pools or hot tubs or outdoor kitchens? What's the hot stuff that you're seeing these days? So like right when COVID hit, we live about 20 miles north of Manhattan and everybody made a mad dash for the suburbs. And what happened was a lot of these people that never owned homes before they lived in apartments for their whole life now live in the suburbs. And now they used to call the super to fix everything. Now they're clueless. Okay. So now they don't know what to do with the house. They don't even know where to begin on the outside. I says, don't you go outside? I never go outside. I says, if my backyard looked like that, I wouldn't go outside either. And I start to paint the picture of what it could look like. Now we're into, we do a lot of outdoor offices now. Super popular. People are home now. Nobody's, Fridays, everybody's home yeah, on Fridays. Working from home, air quotes. <laughs> we did a job. I was doing a walkthrough on a job over the summer and the girl's a young college girl, she's hanging out by the pool on her laptop. I'm like, what are you working? She goes, yeah, Fridays. It's, they call it something Fridays where they can like work from home, but like you're sitting by the pool. So we try to design outdoor kitchens, huge outdoor fireplaces, huge covered areas. We do a lot of motorized pergolas now. Basically anything to drag people outside, get them outside. Yeah. No, that's nice, man. Um, That's nice. Cause yeah, it's, and it's the cheapest addition you can do to your home, right? That's living space. So it's a great way to do it because you're sure not going to put on square footage onto the house. Any, anything less than what that, what that is, that's going to be the the best bang for the buck right there. And a lot of people are looking for it too, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I try to explain to them, listen, basically it's an extension. We're building an outdoor room, right? We're building an outdoor room. It's extension of your house. And honestly, from an investment standpoint, big dollar return on your money. Yeah. Huge. It used to be like that pool was always a horrible investment in that. But now as soon as you put that as part of a outdoor living space, that's changed over the last five years. Absolutely. Since since actually it's had people are looking for pool. Like it it was crazy back then. People wanted swimming pools. And I think they're really grown to appreciate the outdoors Mm -hmm. more because it was taken away from us for so long. Right. Like it was like now everybody just wants to be yeah, outside which hey um, it's helped my help my business <laughs> it put a waiting list in your world even more so than it was before yeah so it's been good thank very grateful for that and then tvs and entertainment outside that's a big thing too as far as music and and watching the game outside or whatever that seems to be another big thing that's grown too is just the electronics outside oh man outdoor tv with the fire pit watching a game yeah. with a yeah. cigar and the boys like it's, it's we got a lot of most projects outdoor now have TV, fire pit, some sort of water yep. feature. Could be a little bubbling fountain and some sort of outdoor kitchens are big. So basically we're taking the inside and putting it outside. It's the same thing. Living room, kitchen, outdoor TV. It's the same thing. They're just being outside. And we have the, we use a lot of the outdoor Brahmic yeah. heaters a lot of times. And, and they can sit outside in, in November. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. I used to buy it when I first time I put an outdoor TV. I spent a ton of money on one of those exterior cases and to put it in and it's covered at my place. And so I'll be honest, I just put a regular TV out there and for as cheap as TVs are, I can go buy another one. I sound like a horrible person, was, but I just, I, I don't go out and buy all the expensive outdoor. I did the, it's too cheap. I, I did the same thing. I went to Best Buy, bought an outdoor TV, hung it up, bought a cover on Amazon and it works. I'm telling you, yeah. I take it in the winter because when it snows, you want to take yeah. it in, but it works yeah. great. Yeah, I, it's funny. So Very I, good investment. This last time, high impact. Yeah, when I replaced the TV, I had an old, what is it? I think it's an, a Samsung and I've had it out there for two years all year round. It's still sitting out there. It's still doing great. I don't have cover on it or anything. I just went, ah, it was going to get recycled anyway. Let's see how it worked good. It just, I just upgraded how TVs and LGR. And 
still working great out there, but I haven't changed it out. I've been cheap on it going. I, I need to change it out, but I'm like, it still works great. The picture looks good. So why mess with it? Yeah, yeah a few hundred bucks, a few hundred bucks on the TV. You don't really care. If you spend 10 grand out there, I'd guarantee you'd be. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So you, yeah, like you say, it's a few hundred bucks. You can get a brand new TV. It's not the end of the world as opposed to those years ago, though. They used to be like 10 grand for yeah, a good outdoor TV. Big money. You're spending a lot of money on a TV and then to get the outdoor rated one and the cabinet and all the other stuff, how you wanted to put it in there, it got pretty crazy. But Mine's in the shade, so you don't have the issues. It's undercover. It's protected, so it's it's not that out of the ordinary of what a normal TV would be at. Well, well hey, guy. we're starting to run out of time, brother. So I wanted to sit there and, and make sure that we send people your direction to take a look at what you got going, like your website and that kind of stuff, so people can crack you down. If We got plenty of people in the Northeast that catch the radio show and the podcast. I think we have more people... I think our number one state right now in the podcast is New York. So we're in your backyard. So we need to make sure people find you. Yeah, man. We, I was out in your neck of the woods out in Sacramento doing a design a few months ago out there. I like doing a little nice. traveling. I see other parts of the, all the parts, different types of plant material. So it's cool. We've been doing a little bit of that lately. I'm at stevegriggsdesign.com. It seems like the Instagram is the biggest thing, at stevegriggsdesign. Yeah, any questions, whatever, I'm here. And I appreciate what you're doing with the podcast because I'm listening to your tile episode now because I'm about to hire the tile contractor for my own. Nice, podcast. man. Yeah, that is one of the, that's, that, there's those things in the project where you go, okay, there's these key people that are maybe the painter, you'll get an okay paint job or a great paint job, but boy, that tile contractor is one of those that we were talking about that got to be really careful to get the right one because there's a big difference between good and bad and ugly. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, Steve Griggs, thanks for coming on today. And guys, check his workout. It is stunning over at street, stevegriggsdesign.com. Check it out over there. Thanks for coming on today, brother. I really appreciate the time. Thanks, Eric. Good luck with those elk out oh, there. Huh? Yeah, they, they, ah, free lawn care, right? I can't complain. All right, guys, you've been listening to Around the House. <laughs> Anywhere beyond the mean Life is a love song, let's be lovers We're all over the radio Take my hand, I know where to go All over the radio with you Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out Millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's Millboard.com.